Soundbites Radio is your source for candid discussion aimed to create a world that's inclusive, spiritually connected, living in love, peace, joy, harmony, and abundance now. Content ranges from social justice to racial equity, religion, arts, culture, and more.
What's going on? Blessings. Happy Damn, December. Blessings. Okay. Peace, peace, Sean, brother Sean. Those here, those here enterprises. What's going on? Thank you for coming in. Welcome to Welcome. December. Welcome. Another day, a new month. Last month of the year. This is Sound Bites Radio. Live. Black consciousness is the claim. One world is the aim. One world is we, the aim. We out here to uh, uplift the consciousness, uplift the spirits. Um, provide some Ashe. awareness, information, and means of you know just being different with each other every single day. Shame. All right, so that's we got a couple of topics we're gonna get into. It's gonna topics. be insane! Yay, yeah, guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're gonna have some good times. We're gonna talk yeah. about um, MHBA Mont Hall Bridges Academy yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. storytellers event that was hosted by Nadia Lopez. She is the principal of that school and author of Bridges to Tomorrow. Yes, yes. Um, and I have like dubbed her like the warrior queen like you know sister warrior queen for her um courageousness and tenacity to be authentic with our children and supporting our village of kids um of young people kids young people right um we went yesterday uh two days ago thursday, thursday morning and uh, we presented um ourselves and our talent and our care and our support of writing and um to the young people of the school and it was incredible yeah um, a few things that stuck out to me, which is why I have dubbed her because she has a very powerful rhetoric mm-hmm. around passion powerful and care, and, you know, impacting, yes. impacting, um, and it's really centered around supporting the youth and she owns these youth. She owns them. It's not like my job. It's not like right. this, this, this work that I do that supports those kids. Like she owns her passion for the children as if they were her own children, which I, I detected that immediately. Um, also her favorite color is purple. Okay. Purple and black like, all up through the school. Okay. Shout out to royalty. This is what we're doing. Yes. Um, so, you know, we, we celebrating the royalty of the people and, um, and, and, and how we get to uplift each other into the kings and queens, young princes and princesses, to to live in a shift into a space of gratitude, integrity, yes. and strength and authenticity. Absolutely. Hey, Patrick. Hey, Angel. Thank you for coming in. Um, and again, let's really quickly. I am Neferatu Maati Ra, the Sacred Lotus. I love joy, balance, and justice. Um, and unto Ra, I give my heart and Hasir Ka Nefera. Yes, so kind we of are ride. here to be with you. Um, but yeah, so right. I was really like in shock with the old, the purple, like she had the purple. Mm-hmm. So I was clear that she was very intentional about the way that she structured this program and the way that she, the things that the ingredients that she added to the value of this program and to the children and to their yes. parents. And once you support the children of a community, you're supporting their parents because the day that we went was also a parent teacher conference day. Um, evening. Mm. So, you know, in public school, they have parent-teacher conference in the day session, and then they have evening sessions. So the day we went was actually the evening session day. So that was going to be a day, um, something like maybe 6 o'clock in the morning to probably 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night for her. Right. Um, as she hosted us, the storytellers, and then she um, needed to debrief her school and what have you. And all those things that go into it, because a lot of times I realize that people look at our, our outcomes and they're very happy to see our outcomes, but they're not really clear about all the doing that went into creating <clears throat> to creating the final outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, and even sometimes myself, a big-time doer, we were just talking about Colin and I, we were like extremely multifaceted, multi-talented, 
multi-creatives, multi-visionary types of people, and we use our talents in a way that is um, um, synergy. We create synergy in the way that we do things. And so oftentimes when the outcome shows up, people are like, oh, that's great, but they don't really appreciate the true essence of those little bitty steps that created that big step. A lot of people so, very, oh, very much think the general consensus is that people me. are more concerned with the result than the journey. Um, I share. You know, which is an unfortunate thing. Um, but, you know, regardless, no one can deny the journey. No one can deny the work that's to put in and the effort that's put in. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it definitely does get to be more fortifying when you have those along with you in the journey, understanding and, and being a supportive part of it. Um, that doesn't take away from the power of the journey itself. Right. Um, and also that it takes it takes support to complete the journey. Yeah. You know, it takes hands, all hands on deck, her staff. Always. They all wear purple. The school's uniform is purple. Is purple and black pants. Their graduation uh their gowns. Their gowns. Saw, they was purple. Purple and black. black. Purple probably. Purple. purple and black. It was amazing. Yeah, one was purple, one was black. So that was And she has it on a wall. In the hall. Yeah. So that the youth have an aspiration. Like, we know that mm-hmm. we're moving towards graduation Absolutely, youth. Absolutely, yeah. Every last one of you. Like, we're not leaving any of you behind. Like, graduation is here and available for every single student in this yeah. building. There's something to be said about um, intentional behavior around um, the uh, the reminders and the, the, the empowerment, the yeah. empowerment of, the, of the youth that exists. You know, she has the statistics. There was a quote she said was, I'm... Uh, Roughly, it's like, you know, her vision was around building uh, futures, not prisons, you know, and like giving statistics, you know, the school to prison pipeline, things of that nature on the walls, all these supporting quotes and like, you know, uh, of, of, you know, black leaders and things of that nature, giving them aspirations to look forward to. I think it's important that we understand, especially in neighborhoods like the neighborhood of Brownsville, which is, you know, I was born and raised in, you know what I mean? Um, that, you know, that, that it's important for these kids to see um, that there are leaders and there are heroes that mm-hmm. come out of the neighborhood and that or that are coming into the neighborhood that are willing to support their growth um, and have them be in a space of, 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 of real, uh, you know, leadership. Right. Doris, we're on. Okay, Sean said the video is skipping. I beg your pardon. Sean said the video is skipping. Sean, I don't know exactly what's happening for us. It looks good on this side. We're connected to the internet. Um, everything looks pretty good on our side. You can also check out wvmradio.net. Yeah. Right. Also Absolutely, yeah. for the live Go- video, they're streaming live there. You can check us out there. I'm sure that's going to be a really tight yeah. and clean um, transmission. Yeah. So if you hear, yeah, if you're hearing us on the live feed out there, go. You know, if you're having trouble on that, that's fine. That's Facebook. Go to wvmradio.net <laughs> and then look at the video there as well. Right. Because we're streaming live there as well. We're streaming live. We're live there. audio, audible, and we're live mm-hmm. um, streaming as well. Absolutely. And um, we're on. Um, um, we're on every week on awesome, Saturday, Doris. 2 to 4. 2 p.m. Thank to 4 you, Doris. I appreciate you. She said it's fine on her side. We're on every Saturday from 2 to 4. Um, and it's a discussion for the people by the people. Yeah, period. Um, and, true. yeah, so join the conversation, add your opinions, ask questions, um, and we're open for guests, etc. So, yeah. But, yeah, like, um, yeah, I really appreciate, you know, um, Principal Lopez's passion and her right. um and, and what I why what I experienced is revolutionary and um innovative mindset around what education gets to look like and not education and just is like throwing information at these kids right. to like for, you know fulfill, you know complete tests and do homework right. but really about setting them up to win in life period on a leadership level and personal level all these different things you know it, it provides a landscape for these kids to look at that's broader than what they probably would have you know 
not experience see otherwise, experience right. otherwise exactly um so i, I appreciated the, the importance of it and how when she even painted the landscape of the storyteller series just being you know it was it another thing was it careers i think she was doing like career development it was careers and then she's like you know uh-huh. what Let's, I want to have a space where you know writers and authors and artists can come and share their stories with the, with the, with these youth and yeah. have them look at something different. You she know had a I mean? different uh, she had a, a different effort and originally set up, yeah. but then she came up with this um, support for her youth, her youth, and um, I really have to call educators for. It. So this is the hashtag educator life. It's really important, and this is educators of all cultural experiences. Right, right? when you are supporting uh, youth who have had a black American cultural experience, Mm -hmm. it's really going to be necessary to synthesize how you teach. So this is what happens. And see, this is part of what I have a a huge issue with our educational experience in an American Uh culture period, Mm -hmm. because I've experienced educational culture in other countries. And in other countries, you're taught to hear information and you are taught to synthesize that information and reshape that information so that you can use it like pieces to be able to create a premise. I've met a lot, a lot, a lot of people. I've done a lot of networking, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people over the past several years and they don't have a premise. And when they show it with a premise, it's usually a shtick. It's some type of catchphrase or some kind of gritty little thing to try to catch you, but it's still not there. Something they can stick their fork into. Educators is going to be important for us to use our educational experience, improve ourselves, Mm. synthesize the education that you present to our children in a way that creates a world that's different, being the difference that's different. You cannot give them the same educational experience that you had because the educational experience that you had was lacking in an ability to train in critical thinking. Um, if you go to school to be an attorney, um, there are certain classes that you'll take in terms of logical thinking, deductive reasoning, etc. And certain high schools, you might learn that when, it, when you're learning math. But as a life function, deductive reasoning is a very useful tool. Yep. Right. Logical thinking, because I realize that when I'm walking the street and I see people and somehow they just like the way that they move is just really interesting. It is really it, it shows me that there's no deductive reasoning. Critical thinking is plummeted. It's gone. <laughs> it's plummeted. Into the, it can, into the can. Into the can. So it's going to be necessary for you to teach our children in a way that you synthesize the information <coughs> a couple of different ways. One, you want to present them information. But you also want to end in an African spirited or a connected spirited type of connection to the youth. Because there's a few things that I noticed when I walked into the classrooms at um, Mont Hall Bridges, which was the mission for the program. The mission for our school is up there. Mont Hall Bridges Academy mission is in every classroom at the front of the classroom. Mm-hmm. Right. To remind the youth to keep things in order. This is the piece that's, that solidifies everything. This is, the, this is what holds the formatting. This is why we are all committed to you, youth. This is why we are creating the collective community. Because these are the things that we are committed to creating. That's one. There's something else I, I acknowledge when I was in every classroom. Excuse me, my allergies are always like bananas. I don't know what's going to happen one day to the next. So I just like I have things to do. So I just keep doing what I have to do despite my allergies. So you work okay. with that. Um, so there's a couple other things that I noticed. 
there were pictures of leaders and quotes, things that they've yeah. said. Um, names that in the bigger landscape of the world you're going to run into. You're going to run into Maya Angelou. You're going to run into Langston Hughes. You're going to run into W.E. Du Bois. You're going to run into um, Booker T. Washington and Frederick Douglass. And uh, some of our kids don't get the opportunity. Uh, Sean is saying, um, and I was kind of upset the other day. Actually, none of the teachers really saw my worst scores we're critical thinking and doing something about it. Um, well, at the end of the day, the school system today is taught, teaches us to ingest information, regurgitate it, and spit it back at people. Right. So from yeah. that creates a collective thinking. Right. Um, the systems that we live in do not create uh, a desire to be, and, and as you realize, once you stand out, you, you're standoff. You're standoffish, right? People blacklist you. You're on outskirts. You're not a part of the in crowd. So this is what happens. So unless you take the 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 formatting and you function like I told you guys in the very beginning, everybody's been bacchanoscified um, from Brave New World's com, um, premise. You know, you you're taught to regurgitate information that someone else has already stamped and approved. Right. That is going to be the collective consciousness, and right. when you think outside of that box. There are piles of people. Um, Matrix said they will fight to protect it. Most people are so inert and so helplessly dependent upon the system that they will fight to protect it. So the consciousness rooted in that premise, that collective thinking, is so deeply entrenched that people will fight to keep that consciousness. So anything that, that challenges that consciousness is considered outside of the box. Right. So this is why people don't even make any effort in themselves to be critical thinkers right? and to create their own premise or to create. No, they just regurgitate an information that someone else told them. Well, why shake up the box? And, you know, it's easier to do it that way. So I can just go get the getting, the getting, the getting, and I can put all of these things on top of me and I can look, you know, and have all of this presentation going on with myself. However, I don't actually have any claim to fame. So therefore, you know what doesn't happen? True self-esteem doesn't ever occur. A powerful self-image and self-concept never occurs because you're living in a space that's volatile. See, right now, this is the consciousness, but in five years, it'll be another consciousness. Right. And then you'll have to shake. See, people that have known me have known me since I was 12, 13 years old. My rhetoric has increased as my information has increased, but the essence of who I am and how I present has always been the same. It's just expanded because I've gotten access to more information, more experiences, more, more re um, information. So I realized that she actually put in her, and she also has her staff on board with this. Yeah, it's right. important to have people to believe with you to, on the on deck with your with your um with your vision. Mm -hmm. Successful vision is carried out with a successful team of people that believe. In right, it. and you know faith. We always say faith without works is dead. So faith you know we without can, works is dead. So you, as long as you can continue to work within the faith and then put that work in action, applicable action, constantly every day in practice, then you know this is what creates the space for for growth space for productivity this space is space for critical thinking to thrive you know all these different things you know what i mean mm -hmm. that's what she said i opened the school to close the prison just to get the quotes right i opened the school to close the prison which i think is in a okay thing. like come on charlie like so being the difference that's different <laughs> the sister says she closed she opened the school to close prisons listen like there's nothing else to be said about that 
And then as a collective society, it's important for African African teach African American teachers that have had African cultural experience mm-hmm. and the entire broader landscape, right? Mm-hmm. It's really important for them and why critical thinking is important because it's important for them as individuals to own their own journey Mm -hmm. to deprogramming themselves. Understand that you take the education, you synthesize it, you utilize it in a way that allows you access to options and critical thinking and creativity because that's the only reason that you get an American education. Because it doesn't actually teach you to be a whole person. It only teaches you to regurgitate information. Mm-hmm. So you take the educational experience, you utilize it, you synthesize that information, and you allow it to unlock creativity and access to the system for you. That's the key that it is. That's the only practical use that it has. Right? Particularly for people who have had African cultural experience. And it's important that people who have had a white cultural experience to understand that this is what their educational experience does for youth of color. Mm-hmm. It's important, right? And and not to interject, but well, interject, I guess. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> but but I, I found that to be very important too. Is like looking at in the, in the classrooms. I mean, we we you know we bounced around classrooms. We were in two each, but um, really it was so important to see you know these young kids of color, mostly majority black kids, that have these teachers that are you know black teachers, you know black women teachers, black men teachers in the front of the room guiding them in, in, a, in a certain, you know, along a certain path of success. Mm-hmm. So I, I found that to be very powerful, um, you know, given, you know, when you look at, I think it was a video that was passed around. I didn't get to look at all of it, but mm-hmm. um, around where people were asked about, do they remember if they ever had, or do they, you know, remember any of their black teachers? And, you know, and, and a lot of people seem mystified about that. So I think it's really important that we get to see more of our black um, teachers coming to the forefront and being the leaders of these scholars. I have a question there. Okay. Sean also said that the youth of the next generation are going to be the bomb.com because they're going to think crit- more critically. Yeah. That's what he believes. Um, it always has to do with, and then he says, what are the pros and cons of the upcoming educational reform and generation? Um, it's going to be determined whether or not, listen, because there, there's there's some practices that are in play that we want to create certain desired effects. And in order for certain desired effects to occur, there needs to be certain information, checks and balances, right? Like I said, for me, educators that have had a black cultural experience and also educators that have had a white cultural experience and everyone who has had any type of cultural experience within that space, right, want to be clear about the educational system and how you utilize the educational system because um, learning doesn't have to happen within our educational ex- experience. And there was actually a time that education did not occur within a formal educational experience. And those were the richest educational experiences. Uh, 40, 50 years ago, um, due to certain other reform and interjection into our community, you know, you'll hear people tell you that my grandfather didn't have an education at all and ran a business. My grandmother had a third grade education and raised an entire family of people who are very, very huge successes and contributors to society. So education doesn't necessarily have to occur in the classroom. These pieces are important to infuse this, this generation who is going to eventually be the next generation. They need more than it just being about the learning. It has to be about the whole nourishing the entire person. And our youth today are at somewhat of a miss because they are socially, a lot of them are extremely socially awkward. They don't know how to be with each other. 
um, and then they create these little clicks and they create these little weirdness, which in which innately creates certain mental health um, circumstances. That's not going to be helpful for our youth in the future. Okay, that is going to be the biggest piece: rejection, right? Um, feeling awkward, feeling weird, feeling not a part of, mm-hmm. because of these little clicks, because of the in crowd, because of of the fact that you know, and people not taking the time to really get to know and authentically connect with each other is going to be the biggest issue for our next generation. Yeah, because social media and these other things that ha- are helping us are also hindering us. Right. Because we're losing what's social about being social. Right. And I think um in in that uh, I thought something was interesting. There was a there was a meme that it was like uh challenging the whole idea around people say, Oh, social media has made people so disconnected you know, it was like these people on the train and like you saw the people like uh you know, all in their phones and whatnot and then the bottom portion of the meme showed them again, but showing the conversation they were having on their phones, talking to their grandma and saying, Hey, I can't wait to come home. And yeah, that's one way of being social, but that's 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 still creating this technological line. Whereas the the actual impact of direct physical social interaction is what gets hindered in the process because then it becomes easier to be like, Well, I can just text you even though you're right in front of me. You know, like how, or I can just, you know, inbox you or whatever the case may be. And I think, like, if if we allow that to be a space where we think this is okay to let actual right. physical social interaction dissipate, physical, in, yeah, in the face of um, Twitter feeds and, and, and tweeting and, and all these different things, it's not knocking social media. It's just like looking at the aspects. Of it's it, a right? balance. It's a balance. You exactly. know, my aunt. Thing. Get that you balance. know, Neferatu Maat. Ra, um, and I'm also born a natural Libra, which is the scales of justice and balance. I really try to look at the pros and cons of things. I really try to find, and you know something, there's a thing, a tool that anyone can use called the SWOT analysis. Mm-hmm. S-W-O-T. It's a box. Four boxes. S-W-O-T. Strengths, weakness, opportunities, and threats. And the reason That's why you want to do that is because you want to uh, always assess an experience that you're having and how that is supporting you or hindering you or what opportunities you have to move forward and strengthen yourself and in different ways and errors. Because finding out that something is not working is actually an opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's not a, you get a me? It's not a deconstruct. It's it, like an opportunity to, to make yeah, some change. Yeah. It's a real opportunity. It's an exciting opportunity. And for me, I, I, I like those types of those times. Um, discovering that there's something that's not working and then being able to be, to make decisions on how to make them work is actually a great opportunity. The fact that you're hiding, not having this ability or not being able to do this or the third is a hindrance to your growth. That is a threat Mm -hmm. to a possibility for you. Um, so shouts out to my Hall Bridges Academy. Yeah, shout out to my Hall Bridges Academy. Natalie, I'm sorry, Nadia, Nadia Lopez, Lopez doing her thing at this school. Yeah, because youth need it. Like I said, and get as, her book. As a, as a born and raised Brownsville boy, I appreciate you and <laughs> everything you're doing with that. So yes, I definitely shouts out to that. Um, and her book is Bridges to Tomorrow. Bridges to Tomorrow. Cop that book now. Sure, it's available on you know major everywhere. Book. Yeah, everywhere. We're just gonna say everywhere. Just everywhere. go find it. Just go get it. Nadia Bridges Lopez. to tomorrow. Bridges to tomorrow. Um, get it. Yeah. So shouts right. out to her and shouts out to her staff. Shouts out to the youth over yeah. there. Um. Yeah. 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 Um. Shouts out. We got DJ Zelo Ray in the building. Zelo Ray. Some tunes later in later in the show. Yeah. You know, you always gotta close out with some some vibes. We leave on good vibes. So. So yeah. <laughs> 
Um, <coughs> what else we got going on today? Um, whoa, it's a few things that's happening right now that I'm just like, I'm totally flabbergasted. <laughs> um, and I'm just gonna like, <laughs> what the heck? So this slavery in Libya? Come on now. What the heck is going on in 2017 in the world? <laughs> slavery is still here, y'all. Get surprised. You thought you was chilling. No. Um, but I, you know, and I, it's important, you know, that we look at the series of events that created this experience because right. remember something, you know, Gaddafi is now gone. Yeah. Libya is now very left, very vulnerable because yeah. of the way that Gaddafi yeah. held Libya. Right. Um, there are people who disagree with his premise and mm. said that he was mm. bad, mm. that he killed people and that he imprisoned people. Out. But I'm here to tell you that if you're willing to hammer him in the head, then you're definitely going to be willing to hammer American history in the head. Because what's good for the goose is good for the gander. I'm here to tell you that, um, you know, they say in order to make a cake, you got to break a few eggs. Mm. Um, So not to, you know, make him like Mother Teresa or like super praise yeah. him. But I do know that Libya was in a much better situation. It's extremely vulnerable right now. There's a lot of madness happening in this country right yeah. now as a result of it being. It like literally after he was like. They out. put a figurehead right in there, and now it, the place is now destabilized. And that is one of the oldest tricks in the book. Mm-hmm. And then you get slavery in They have destabilized this country, um, and its people are now like being used as mules. Mm-hmm. They are um, using them for their organs, and... Like living people, like as if not as if we're not killing enough people around the world, not as if there's not enough killing around the world. <coughs> they actually need to take healthy people, kill them, and then take their and harvest their organs. Mm. Oh, this is a thing. This has actually been a thing. Harvesting organs right, from under and, the and, rug and, thing. and, and <laughs> harvest black market organs, selling organs has been a thing for about 25, 30 years. Yeah. Um, and now it's at a, it's incredible because they actually have people floating on like the Mediterranean Sea, mm. waiting to be picked up, so that they they, it, the racket, is entirely insane to me, um how they have then turned people into yet again another business, um and it's 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 it ends up being the darker skinned Africans, mm-hmm. um even in Nigeria the same thing is happening over there in Nigeria. Saying, it, it is, oh yeah. Slavery, harvesting organs, imprisoning, holding holding chambers where they're holding people um, and shipping them for $200 to wherever. Um, and they're begging for support from the EU, um, from the United Nations to get involved with what's happening with Nigeria and Libya. And... Um, I'm just at a miss right now what continues to happen in communities, in places where communities of color and how the consciousness of subjugating and oppressing other people has become a means. If I'm challenged with a problem or I'm challenged with a cash flow issue, the first thing I do is I look at myself, my resources, what's in my hand, who do I have access to, what can I create, what can, how can I create a reciprocal experience I don't it doesn't it doesn't automatically occur to me to go try to exploit someone to get something. But I know that we've we've been raised in a society that does that. Mm. 
that the automatic response to creating a result for ourselves is the consciousness of finding someone to exploit. That consciousness is a world landscape. Someone, some culture. It has been introduced into a way of being that it has become a a way a thing that people are committed to. They're not looking at creating a reciprocity, which was a consciousness for all people at one point that, you know, I give you this, you give me that. I can give you this, your people need this, let me give your people that. And we create a reciprocal relationship. For a long time, it has been made okay to go start wars in other people's countries and take what they have. Scarcity. It's incredible to me. And, like, American people, while we're doing our tree lighting at Rockefeller Center, um, moving on with our little lives, are totally, like, against anything that has to do with creating collective, a collective. It's okay for us to be riled up and go take what other people have because we need it. Right, like Black Friday. I was in shock. <laughs> like we want to make the we, savageness yeah. of it all. Like this, the whole idea. It's this, this take, take, because we can't make sure that no one else has what we have. It's a, it, this is there's nothing left. We got to take it. If they don't have it, it's <sighs> not my problem. That's the biggest thing. Is that it's, a, it's not my problem mindset. It's, it's not like, my issue. It's not my issue. We like we function in a way of like a very much. It's not my issue. It didn't happen to me. It didn't happen to my loved ones. So I don't really care. You know, and we're moving more in a space where even if it's kind of like if it kind of sort of happens to our loved ones, it's like, well, it still just happened to them. You know, like it's it's we, it's moving into a scary space I where see. we have this disconnection from, you know, each other. You know what I mean? And that's the the illusion that we have created as a humankind. You know, yeah. um, there are people in that. And I also feel that there are people like you know, us that are sp- talking about this and that are being love and creating love in the world because that's the p- most powerful force in, in the universe, right? Yeah. So that's really, like, the mission. Yeah. Is to keep on doing that so that the hate doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. You know something? Love and forgiveness. Yeah. It's important for us to do love, right? Uh, thank you, beloved. Okay? I watched them last night, girl. <laughs> <laughs> she said the love, loving deluxe. Um, the issue around love, I mean love as a as a doing word. Love is a verb. Yeah. Love as an action, not as a noun. Because I realize yes. a lot of people look at love as a noun. A nice thing to say. And yeah. they don't look at love as a verb. Mm. I have an issue with love as a noun. So what does love in action look like? Because love and action would have you connect with what's not working for mm-hmm. humanity. Right. And what's not working is building prisons for children of African descent. Mm-hmm. For building prisons for people who have had a uh, African cultural experience, for people of color. Exploiting the ignorance and ensuring that there consistently is ignorance. Yeah. You know, once we get access to information, a lot of us move outside of that space. And but but once we move outside of that space, we don't know how to place it. Yeah. Mm. Because you be you get ostracized, you get set out. People are not a part of the conversation. I can I, I told I told someone I gave them advice one time. I said, listen, and when I tell you that she sounded like a choir mouse, she had a complaint <laughs> at work. And you know, what it is is once the higher you move, the wider it gets. So listen to this. 
I said to her, it doesn't matter what you say. She's about 5'2", 109 pounds soaking wet. I said, it doesn't matter what you say. If you go in there and tell your white boss you got a problem with something that's going on, you're going to be aggressive. Just the fact that you walked in there and had something to say. It doesn't matter how you say it. Because there's a, there's a reaction that's built into a consciousness. You're going to be the angry black woman because that's where you've been fouled, period. It is what it is. How do we counter that? How do you counter it? I have to counter it all the time because do you see me? I'm 5'9", I'm probably 250 pounds. When I go to say something, yeah. I got black people that start running for me when I start talking. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They scurry away. They like the roaches at night. And if and if not even for themselves, but for what they think is about to be created as a situation. Thank you, Doris. Doris, where, I appreciate and where you. they have to do the fight or flight. And be How do you counter it. the conversation? Mm-hmm. Is first of all, I I move in energy. I move in energy, and I realize that it's something that a lot of us are not doing. So, I'm I'm connected to a person on an energy level because in my mind, I've already centered myself. Mm-hmm. I've already set up my mind to create love and connection. And I know that I'm going to have to break through your barrier. Mm. Without addressing your barrier, I'm not concerned with making this a conversation, which is what I tell people of color all the time. If you get into a conversation with people who have had a white cultural experience, you can't make this a badgering contest. Mm-hmm. Mm. Absolutely. You can't make this about, you know, pointing fingers. You know, you have to be able to have a discussion without it being you did X, Y, Z. You have to be able to present your discussion where you're presenting facts and information and you're enrolling with what about the solutions? How can we be? This is what could support people of color from a white culture experience, those allies. No, they're not allies. Mm -hmm. You are a person who have had a white cultural experience, but you are from the motherland just as well as I do. We have different hues. Don't get caught up in the phenotype. Mm Mm-hmm. Amen. Right? Amen. So when I enroll you, I'm already enrolling you as a sister. Mm-hmm. I'm already enrolling you as a brother. I engage that conversation. And I look at your, whatever your um, uh, pre-programmed consciousness, I look at that as I'm going to make meet through these barriers. These are the deficits that you may have that you may not even, unbeknownst to yourself, you may not even be aware of it. Mm-hmm. So I, I address the conversation from the perspective as this is a loving environment, first off. So that's the mm-hmm. energy that I'm bringing with me. Yeah. That's the, the that's what's the coming out of my heart, right? I'm not coming Absolutely. out of my heart saying that. Well, you're a white person. You benefit from from um, oppressing black people. You have white privilege in society because you get all these benefits because black people don't get access to these education. Why don't black? I don't. I don't. That's not a part of my introduction to an, a discussion. Or if I'm enrolling support, that's not how I premise myself. Because if you're prefacing yourself that way, then that energy is going to be present with you. Yep. When you're looking at one world, I'm committed to a world that is inclusive, spiritually connected, living in love, joy, harmony, and abundance now. If that is, that is my piece, that is what I use to ground myself inside of being that difference that's different. This is why when I go places and place spaces, I'm in spaces that allow me to access enrolling people into that conversation. I just need to be in more spaces to enroll more people into that conversation. Mm. Because I realize that people don't actually have a way to get to there. Everybody keeps saying they have a way, but then I, once I connect in with their energy, I'm like, this is a stick. This mm-hmm. is a stick. When I check in with people's energy and they're trying to create a world that's inclusive, it doesn't actually happen that way. Mm-hmm. The outcome doesn't turn up that way because the vibration is not such. Right. 
then it becomes this top surface facade of like what it looks it's like. It's a stick. Like, it's like your positivity is a mask. Like we talk about that a lot. Like like it's it's it sounds like this right thing to do. Like philanthropy sounds like this right thing to right. do. Just to save face and whoever whoever you're trying to put the image on for, whether you think it's God or your neighbor or your loved one or whoever the case may be. But this is what's built up as this thing, and it's like you're not even connecting with the actual the the depth of what it is to yeah. be in right. service, be in action, be in right. love for real in the core of that, of mm-hmm. that practice. Don't get caught up in the phenotype. Right. Mm-hmm. Don't get caught up in a social context because race is a social construct. Classism is a social construct. Those are the things that divide us. Don't get caught up in religion. Religion is something that you wasn't born with. You came into that because somebody gave it to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She said, you are one of the few, Sean said, you are one of the few people uh, your vibrations match and includes in your message. Well, you, you know something? And this is why we need a space to be able to express yeah. that and to be able to enroll others in having that and being able to check their vibration. But in order to check your vibration, there's some work that has to be done within the self. You got to be willing. In order to, you got, first, yes, you got to be willing. That's the first and foremost, you got to be willing. Because you can have all the education out there for you. You can have all the space for you to do it. It could be books, yep. it could be workshops, it could be all these different things. But if you're not willing to step into it, then what are you really doing? Yep. And what are you really speaking towards that that, that type of consciousness? Then it's, all, you, it's all gimmicky. And then you're still left, in a sense, empty, empty from from that, that, yep. that spirit. And still challenged and still in a place of, inadequacy and still experiencing low self-esteem mm-hmm. you're still experiencing it or vacant esteem vacant esteem which is uh dr joy degrew's premise inside of uh post-traumatic slave syndrome um and i often speak from uh, a cultural experience of those who have had a black cultural experience because i'm a person who was born with a black cultural experience mm-hmm. but I'll have some of those courageous people who have had a white cultural experience who have a fairer phenotype, right, than I, to have the conversation of authenticity. Yeah. Right? Because as I stated, I approach the conversation as a collective. Right. But there are some things that have to be discussed inside that matrix, though. There is a fact that there is such a thing as certain individuals gain access and others don't. There is such a thing that there's a consciousness where others are blocked from access, mm-hmm. where people of color come up with ideas and different things like that, and then people who have had a white culture experience because they have access and resources exploit them, exploit their ignorance, right? You go into business, and a lot of times there's a lot of red tape where you're red taped to death. They red tape people of color because they know that people of color don't often have deep pockets, right? These are, these are, these are the ways... These are the mechanisms that are in our structure that are used within the system to exploit the ignorance of people of color and to oppress the mobility of them. Mm-hmm. And who is oppressing the mobility of them? Those who have not yet been enrolled to a collective conversation. Because there are a lot of people who have had a white cultural experience that are not enrolled to a collective conversation. Mm-hmm. They don't care about being one world. That is not a part of their fundamental practice. Their fundamental consciousness is that black people are shiftless, Right? Lazy, ignorant, buffoons, not trustworthy, thieves and rapists. There are tons of white people that subscribe to this narrative. Mm -hmm. They're not concerned with Obama, who has two master's degrees from two Ivy League universities as well as his wife. Right? So they're not concerned with that. They would consider him to be an exception to the rule, not the rule. Well, I am clear that he is not the exception. He is mad regular. Mm. 
because I know Matt enough black people who have the exact same credentials as he does. Mm-hmm. But guess what? They have the same credentials, and yet they still are not functioning from a spiritual perspective, wherein they are not able to infuse change in being the difference that's different. And that's an issue. There's something with not being able to infuse, and you have all these accolades and all of these things hanging on you. Right. So why are you still ineffective? But that's, That speaks to the, what we were talking about earlier, the whole idea about getting fed these things this information throughout schooling and then just regurgitating it all, like, mm-hmm. you know, and testing exactly. well. We, we, we talk about that a lot, you know, like testing well right. is, isn't necessarily a sign or indication that you're doing something in a space that's, you know, pushes forth some sort of narrative that helps others. It's really just like you took the information in and you showed it to you, 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 you read it, you paid attention. But what is it doing for the world, you know, landscape? Or, right. Because you know, then when you put it put them in that certain space, it's like, oh, I don't know what to do. You know, like, <laughs> like oh, I have all these accolades, but, okay, now here's a space where, you know, there's disenfranchised youth and there's these population control mm-hmm. and you know, all these different things. What do you do? Uh, you know, I don't know. Someone feed me something here. I'll, I'll read it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Excuse me. Excuse me. So this is what happens when, 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 you know, why don't you have access to creating difference that's different? Why are you not creating the residuals of the difference that's different? Because I'm very clear that when I go places... As there goes places, we interact with people. The space is left different than when we got there. Hmm. And it's, it's, it's not something that I'm doing. I'm not doing anything. I'm not, I'm not a magician. I'm not doing anything differently. I'm being the difference that's different. And when I'm moving, go into places and spaces, there is difference that happens there. If there was confusion when I got there, there would not be confusion when I leave there. And if it, it consistently can, creates confusion, then I'm leaving. Because then that means that this space is exhausted my abilities. And I'm pretty strong when it comes to my spirituality and my abilities. Okay. Right? I've, like, been with that for many, many, many years. So, and, and I have all of the being that it takes to be the difference in many spaces that's different. So, if you go places and your consensus is such that you have not been able to be with people, then you want to be better. You want to be different about who you are being. You want to be, and you want to do the work. Like I said, that SWOT analysis is a very useful tool for reasoning and for analysis. Strengths, weakness, opportunities, and threats. It is an economics, econ um, theory of business management, right? But it can work. I use it with with, with my clients for professional development. Strengths, weakness, opportunities, and threats. And not acknowledging your own deficit is a threat. Yeah, because it's worthless to even entertain the concerns if you're not willing to take the steps to, to you know, resolve them. Hmm. Step in. Be willing. Period. Yeah. So that's what really happens in these conversations on soundbites. It's really around being with people with some real tangible ways to be in love. Mm-hmm. in application as an action word, right? Mm-hmm. To be in connection as a life work, mm-hmm. as a way of being connected. Mm-hmm. Because you can say that, you know, 
Um, I'm not racist, which that's going to segue us into our next sec- section of <laughs> what we're going to go through. <laughs> Ironically, that just showed up. Yes. But I'm not racist. <laughs> Ow! We are on time. See, okay, that's the synergy segues. in the space. The synergy. The segues on the com. Hey. So this is going to segue us into the piece that we're going to discuss. This video that's been circulating called I'm Not a Racist. Crazy. People in my inbox about it. Like, I'm not racist. I'm son. not racist. Um, but Johnny yeah, Lucas. So we're going to play. Listen, guys. Focus up. Focus up for play. real. Be with us. You <laughs> like, know, those like, on the live feed. <laughs> like, right. You know, in six minutes. But we want we want six you to be minutes. with it. Because it's like, part of the show. Stay with us. Share the video <laughs> with a friend. All right. Join the conversation. We are going to want to drill down on this conversation. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to play the video. The video is going to play. Uh, but you guys are only going to hear the audio. Yeah. So listen. So listen in. If you have and then we're going to play a rebut that we found last night that sounds more like a better conversation to me. But here you go. Come on. All right. So we're going to click play. <laughs> Listen in. Share the link. Share with a friend. Join the con- join the discussion. With all due respect, I don't have pity for you black niggas. That's the way I feel. This is a Screaming white man black speaking. Lives matter. All he the looks black like a quintessential lumberjack from Texas. Yelling or truck driver. Call everybody nigga and get a nigga mad. As soon as I say nigga, then everyone react. Wanna swing at me and call me racist cause I ain't black. We'll pound that then. Talking about slavery like you was around back then. Like you was picking cotton off the fucking ground back then. Like you was on the plantation getting down back then. Alright. Look. I see a black man aiming his gun. But I'd rather see a black man claiming his son. And I don't mean just for one day and you done. I mean, you still trapped in a rut. I work my ass off and pay my taxes for what? So you can keep living on free government assistance, food stands for your children, but you still trying to sell them for some weed and some liquor or a fucking babysitter while you party on the road because you ain't got no fucking goals? You already late. You motherfuckers need to get your damn priorities straight. Wait. It's like you're proud to be fake, but you lazy as fuck. And you rather sell drugs and get a job and be straight. And then you turn around and complain about the poverty rate. Fuck out of my face. You can't escape problems. You can pray for some change, but can't break a dollar. Got nobody else to blame, so you blame Donald. And fuck the world with a Make America Great Connor. My boy's been back. I'm not racist. My sister's boyfriend's black. I'm not racist. My sister-in-law's baby cousin Tracy got a brother and his girlfriend's black. My head's in the cloud. Heard it's not enough jobs for all the men in your house. Maybe we should build a wall to keep the Mexicans out. Or maybe we should send them all to the ghetto for now. I'm not racist. And I never lie, but I think there's a disconnect between your culture and mine. I worship the Einsteins, study the Steve Jobs, but you ride Tupac's dick like he was a fucking god. Oh, my God. And all you care about is rapping and stunting and being ratchet. And that's the nigga within you. Music right in your brain and slowly start to convince you. Then you let your kids listen and then the cycle continues. Blame it all on the menu. Blame it on those drinks. Blame it on everybody except for your own race. Blame it on white privileges. Blame it on white kids and just blame it on white citizens. Aim it the vice president. Bunch of class clowns, niggas kneeling on the field, that's a flag down. How dare you try to make demands for this money? You gon' show us some respect, you gon' stand for this country, nigger. I'm not racist. I'm just prepared for this type of war. I heard Eminem's rap at the awards. Who's he fighting for? Y'all can take that motherfucker too. He ain't white no more. It's like you wanna be so famous. You'll do anything for attention and a little payment. I can't take you nowhere without people pointing fingers. Pants hanging off your ass, you ain't got no home training. Put your fucking pants up, nigga. Put that suit back on. Take that do-rag off. Take that goat out your mouth. Quit the pitiful stuff. And then maybe police will stop killing you fucks. You what the fuck? I'm not racist. It's like we're living in the same building but splitting the two floors. I'm not racist. 
But there's two sides of every story. I wish that I knew yours. I wish that I knew yours. I'm not racist. I swear. With all disrespect, I don't really like you white motherfuckers. That's just where I'm at. Screaming all lives matter is a protest to my protest. What kind of shit is that? And that's one war you'll never win. The power in the word nigga is a different sin. We shouldn't say it, but we do. And that's just what it is. But that don't mean that you can say it just because you got nigga friends. Nigga. That word was originated for you to keep us under. And when we use it, we know that's just how we greet each other. And when you use it, we know there's a double meaning under. And even if I wasn't picking cotton physically, that don't mean I'm not infected by the history. My grandmama was a slave, that shit gets to me, and you ain't got no motherfucking sympathy, you pussy nigga. I'm sorry, you can never fail my life. Trying to have faith, but I never feel alright. It's hard to elevate when this country's ran by whites, judging me by my skin color and my blackness. Trying to find a job, and ain't nobody call me back yet. Now I gotta sell drugs and put food in my cabinet. You crackers ain't slick, this is all a part of your tactics. Don't talk about no motherfucking taxes. When I ain't making no dough, you think you know everything, but you don't. You wanna copy our slang and everything that we know. Try to steal black culture and make it your own. Whoa, fuck, I'm exhausted. I can't even drive without the cops trying to start shit. I'm tired of this systematic racism bullshit. All you do is false shit. This the shit that I'm false with. And you don't know shit about my people. That's what bothers you. You don't know about no fried chicken or no barbecue. You don't know about the two-step or no loose change. You don't know about no two chains or no Kool-Aid. You don't know. And even though Barack was half as black, you hated President Obama, I know that's a fact. You can't wait to get him out and put a cracker back. And then you gave us Donald Trump and I was paid back for that. I'm not racist. I never lied, but I noticed a disconnect between your culture and mine. Yeah, I praised Tupac like he was a fucking god. He was fighting for his life way before he fucking died, nigga. Die, nigga. And all you care about is money and power and being ugly. And that's the cracker within you. Hatred all in your brain and slowly start to convince you. Then you teach it to your children until the cycle continue. Blame it on Puerto Rico. Blame it on OJ. Blame it on everybody except for your own race. Blame it on black niggas and blame it on black citizens. Aim at the black businesses. I ain't saying I'm innocent, but... I might be any day now, treating everybody how you want in any way how. I swear North Korea about to bomb us any day now. And now I'm ducking every time I hear a fucking plane now. Shit. You know I make a lot of sense, but you just can't admit it. When Eminem went against Trump, that was the illest. Cause even though he's white, he let us know he's standing with us. I'm not racist, but I cry a lot. You don't know what it's like to be in a frying pot. You don't know what it's like to mind your business and get stopped by the cops. And I know if you about to die or not. You worry about your life, so you take mine. I love you, but I fucking hate you at the same time. I wish we could trade shoes and we could change lives so we can understand each other more, but that'll take time. I'm not racist. It's like we living in the same building, but splitting to both sides. I'm not racist. But there's two sides of every story, and now you know mine. Can't erase the scars with a bandage. I'm hoping maybe we can come to an understanding. Agree to disagree, we can have an understanding. I'm not racist. Whoa.
guys. So that's that was that was a lot. That was a lot. Yeah. But wait, wait, there's more. <laughs> so we found another one that was a, a different response of a more broader landscape. Because what often happens inside of the conversation of white cultural experience and black cultural experience is a local conversation. A conversation that ends up being person to person, which doesn't actually work mm-hmm. because the grander scheme of things is systemic issues that I realize a lot of people who have had a white culture experience never want to discuss the systemic stuff because inside of that conversation, they own the experience like a fault mm-hmm. as an accusation. So because you get access to um, Ivy League education and it's set up where um, people of culture who have had a black cultural experience or other cultures, you know, grandma said you got to be twice as good to just be on time, to just be good. Um, that's a part of that conversation. And then there's no explanation for that other than to say that because people, um, which end up being the group dynamic, hmm. people who've had a white cultural experience want to support and be around other people who have had a white cultural experience. Hmm. Um, and they don't look at it as something wrong. They look at it as, it's just a group dynamic. But inside of the, the ramifications of that is that other people who have not, who don't have skin color that matches their comfortable, comfortable group dynamic ends up being sidelined. So here's the next video. That first video was Joyce. No, Joyner <laughs> Lucas. Joyner, J-O-Y-N-E-R. Lucas, L-U-C-A-S, A-S, on yep. YouTube for you to check it out again yourself. Yeah, you can check it out on YouTube. Check it out, you know, to, you know, he actually, you know, has a pretty raw perspective on a lot of things. So That's out. a one-on-one. But now here's another yeah. of a broader landscape called My, my Son. No, my, my Son. My Son, my the son. General. My Son, and shout out to My Son, the General. He's really been stepping out and, just, you know, providing yeah. an educational perspective, a really, like, raw, concrete perspective around the black experience, you know, and he's been getting a lot of shine as of late. So much respect to that. Lyricism is back in the space. So My Son, the General, brought um, his perspective, his remix, you know, which you got here saying the brutal truth, from the space of the black experience. So... Um. Yeah, so we won't play that one for you as an alternate rebut, huh? Okay. Okay. So listen, we're gonna do the second video. This video is three three minutes and and forty seconds. So stay up with us, stay connected, and we're gonna continue the discussion. Listen. Okay. Don't go make no sandwiches unless you don't go make no sandwiches unless you're giving us some. Okay. (laughs) Unless you're giving us some, show us your sandwich. All right. Okay. So there you go. Not racist. I swear. I hear you talking, but you omitting the factors, and I don't want your pity, you motherfucking cracker. I'm not a racist, my hatred has bases. My ancestors were brought here by killers and rapists. Your forefathers were all robbers, forces to your culture and customs and destroyed ours. Then you murdered and enslaved us days in the field. You motherfuckers never paid us for 400 years. You talking about welfare after all we done did. Yet them tortured our kids, no remorse. Let them die, kill millions. It was damn near genocide and we should just forget it, right? It's getting better, right? America's the land of the free. It's what you tell us, right? And then you jealous? Label us as felons for selling what you gave us. Made lemonades from lemons and then you made our women not even respect us. They said you can't provide or protect us. It's hard being a father, can't find a job You ain't got a dollar, we don't go to Harvard We don't go to Yale, we die by 21 Or we just go to jail Nah, we don't make guns 
But it's millions in the hood, where the fuck you think they came from? Play dumb, you know it's a plot to put a nigga in a cell or a nigga in a box so our population stop. And we stay minorities, white supremacy, y'all remain majority. Superiority, you wanna keep authority, y'all wanna keep us sleep so y'all can keep us in poverty. I'm not a racist. But I ain't dumb, I know the odds of living Where I came from is a lot less You couldn't even die just the fullest of the trauma From living in the projects Pissing the elevators, gunshots all day Kids walk by while they get high in the hallway Only success I saw came the wrong way You mad at me? Cause I learned what y'all taught me Trump wanted to build a wall On land that he stole This shit ain't even yours You focus on effects, but you ignore the cause You motherfucking crackers that started all the wars And you do it all because You want power? Y'all just kill and devour, stole us from my home, took everything that's ours, and y'all call us criminals, motherfucking cowards. And oh, you wanna talk about rap? It started with a message. It was pro-black. We had KRS educating us with facts, X Clan and PE putting history on tracks. When we was waking up, y'all had a problem with that. Y'all own the companies that distributing the tracks. It's confusing when you stop distributing music like that. And you crack ass crackers got consumed with the trap. First you push thug rap, now you push drug rap. Conditioning the minds of the little kids who love rapping. Now y'all want cap to stand for a flag while the cops killing us and they just stand up and brag. You worry about shit like my pants when they sagging. Now Tamir Rice and you don't understand why we mad. We ain't start this. Well, there's darkness, there's sin, but who created the darkness? Y'all put a racist predator in office, talking, grabbing pussy, you motherfuckers is heartless. Now, you're not a racist, you conservative. You see a black man with a hoodie, you get nervous, bitch. Cops killed the unarmed boy, he deserved the shit to you. He not guilty, no matter what the verdict is. I'm not a racist. It's like you own the building and I'm only renting one floor. I'm not a racist. Y'all just want to give us scraps and you mad because we want more. I'm not a racist. I swear I'm not. Woo. All right. Hey. Well, well, well. <laughs> so yeah, that's so how y'all feel about that's that? my son, the general. My son represents. How y'all feel New about York. that, guys? That's a lot. Yeah. Um, and that's a broader, what, what I would consider to be a little bit of a broader landscape because yeah. it checks it, it goes into, you know, the history, the context of a lot of things. Mm-hmm. You want to talk a about, dig you know, deeper. It, it's a d- little bit, dig, dig, little bit digging deeper, a little right. bit off of the, like I said, people of color cannot have a conversation with people who've had a white cultural experience from the perspective of, um, accusation, mm-hmm. accusing, 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 accusing. That just doesn't work. Right. So when you're having a forwarding conversation, you want to really like focus on the context of what right. created the experience. And if you're focusing on the context, yeah, rap music initially was a tool that supported our oral tradition. Right. Mm-hmm. Our oral tradition um, of sharing information. Right. And since our kids was busy caught up in the stressors, making lemons out of lemon lemons lemonade out of lemons, the stressors that were present. Um, there's many ways that, you know, we went through that whole, well, this isn't working. Let's try this. Mm. So we put uh, words to drum, to a drum beat. Mm. <coughs> the drums have a, is rooted in the spiritual vibration and spiritual, spiritually conducting the energy of people of color. Yeah, it's the heartbeat. It finds yeah. itself in every culture of people who mm-hmm. have had a, a, a black <laughs> cultural experience all over the world. There's a drum. Mm-hmm. Um, and the drum is the guiding vibration, um, and it conducts spiritual energy. 
And, um, yeah. So inside of that, so now when you start talking, when, you know, people who have had a white culture experience say things like you worship Tupac, you know, it ends up being, well, this is what it actually started out as. So Tupac actually represents the initial connection with the music. The way that he rhymes, the way that he teaches and the information in his rhymes are the premise of what created rap in the first place. So when did you jump in on this bandwagon a little bit later on in the journey? Um, Sean says, think they're both good. Joiner one is less raw, right? So it's more inclusive. So it sees white people, et cetera, changing into someone as more loving and inclusive. Um, it wasn't a good or bad. It wasn't a comp. It wasn't a, it, I didn't, we didn't show them both for the purposes of comparing them. <laughs> um, it's just to show a different perspective. Right. The one guy with the red hat, with the young guy with the little twist on his head, that was more of a person-to-person conversation. That was two people having their own, you know, in their pocket of the world conversation. The other brother, my son's conversation was a little bit more historical. It was a little bit more contextual in terms of where these consciousness came from. You know, um, so if you want to start talking about welfare, you know, you're talking about 400 years of free labor. The reparations piece from a crime that was actually committed to a people, that's something to assess. That's something for the land's people to discuss because there have been cultures of people that have received reparations or have received payments for wrongs done to them by American federal dollars that actually had nothing to do with American people. Support was just given to them because they had been in a situation that was bad for them. Um, But aside from that, you know, that's another conversation that we'll have at some point as well. You want to look at those that SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, and opportunities. Mm. And it's, it's an opportunity to address the things that have impeded harmony in our, on our cultural landscape. If harmony and if unity is the goal then there are some things that are impeding that from taking place and addressing them would strengthen us. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, what's the feedback? What's the feedback? Around Around the video, around everything. Yeah, I mean I mean it's not here or there like, you know Excuse me. I was looking I I've definitely resonate with the depths um in which my son delivered the information. Right. Um Around the experience, mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes it's we live in a sh- this sugar-coated thing where everyone's worried about how things are said. And it's like sometimes you need to be hit raw to really understand, you know, the the, the severity, the depths of the situation. Exactly, you know what I mean. So, so I get the whole idea around, you know, kind of softening the blow, but you know, a lot of our blows we've taken have not been soft. So, you know, how do we how do we move forward? Um, and having conversation and being and keeping one hundred and being really authentic about it in every aspect, because you know, we, unless people really see the real the severity of what they're doing, they're not going to be willing to change. And a lot of times, it has to, it has to come from from themselves. Yeah, someone shared something the other day I saw on Facebook. It said um, Jay Z was actually talking about divorce, and he's he was talking about that, but it resonated with me from this perspective that. You know, a lot of people don't want to look at the harm that they've caused on someone else's face. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. They don't want to take responsibility. They don't want to take yeah. responsibility for having been the catalyst that has created pain and suffering in someone else's face. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's the thing about comfortability. That's the thing about it's inconvenient to address what has done, been done. But you know what? The, the opportunity in that 
is addressing it, creating and devising systems that will support growth and moving on. Because not addressing it hasn't created anything better either. Mm -hmm. The torture of not addressing it has plagued white folks and it shows up as white guilt, reverse racism, all kind of stuff that don't actually support creating harmony. Right. And creating a resolution. Um, uh, creating yeah. a resolution, creating you know connection, allies. I don't. Ally, I'm not working with allies. I'm not dealing We're with allies. This. <laughs> I'm this dealing is with all one human. Of, yeah. I'm dealing with one set of people. Yeah. Working on problems that is affecting all of us. Right. One set of people. Right. Now, whatever we don't know about each other, whatever those deficits are, can be worked out. Right. And that's the place that I'm at. So if you have ignorance in this particular area, you want to get wise on that area. ASAP. You want to get, and that's people of color, if you have ignorance in certain areas, you want to get wise in other places. Like, and like I said, the whole conversation of being badgering towards a local level white person or a local level black person is not supportive of systematic change. We need to hear what everyone's thinking, all races, I think, in response to these videos, et cetera, too, in order to address everybody and get through to them. We actually do, yeah. We and do. I, and, I, and that's the but, thing I was wondering, too, because I'm, I'm I'm, what I've been hearing a lot of is, like, you know, black perspective. There's very good people that appreciate, you know, the video for what it is and, it's like, and the conversation it has. And I appreciate it as well, you know, the conversation that gets to be had for people. You know, um, it opens the door. It's a much... Of course, a much, much deeper conversation, you know, and almost, I mean, my personal feelings, you know, at first sight was, you know, the ending of the video kind of sold this kind of like cheery idea. But if the idea is selling the hope around what can be for the future, okay, cool. But really, we really get to have these conversations and I'm I'm grateful that it's creating some landscape where it can happen. But I do, we, we would benefit by more people having a conversation. I've yet to hear from the perspective of other, like, you know, uh, other people having a different, you know, cultural experience. Of course, there are people having a conversation. They're just not having it collectively. Right. They're not yeah, in the space exactly. with them yeah. while they're having a conversation. Right. Because believe me, every culture of people, and I don't say race because there's no such thing as race. There's only one race, Sean, the human race. There's no other races but human race. Yeah. There is only a race of people on the earth. We all have had different cultural experiences. Mm-hmm. Right. And culture encompasses religion, language, um, traditions. Uh, you know, how we govern our educational structure, all of those things are cultural. Mm. Those are all cultural things. What we read, our um, texts, uh, our community hierarchies, those are all cultural things. That's not racist. Race things. Those are not race. There's only one race. Race is the um, human race on the land of the earth, the earth's Earth's family. Um, And... I realize that people use race also on the flip side of it, not that they want to be racist, but that they want to be separate. They want to be superior. So we want to say that I have, I'm, I'm race, this race of people over here or this race of people over there or this race of people over there. There's a research that talks about mongoloids and all of these different breakdowns of people born in certain areas. But guess what? At the end of the day, there is no real, uh, there's no separation in humanity. Right. If you need a kidney, I can give it to you. Right. Right. If you need a transfusion, anyone can give it to you. Right. So there is no, you can't take a cow's heart. Well, they try to do that. They've they taken cows, they cows, and all that, and all that, that valves. Yeah. But that's just experimentary. That's experiment. 
right? You're not going to take like, you know, a liver or a kidney from like a lion. So that's when you talk about race or species, that's the that's what's different about it. Mm. But in the human race, there's no difference. Black people don't have green blood. Um so yeah. But um I was oh god, I was leading towards something. We want to address on a bigger landscape the things that are pressing our community as a whole. Yeah. The things that are pressing the world's landscape. Um and there's going to be some things that's going to actually come out. Um and discussing systemic racism and discussing these things that people of color, I mean I've I've yet to hear a person who have had a white culture experience say to me that you know, these things are pretty traumatic. If this has happened to somebody white, somebody white would be on all kind of medications, would be getting, you know, would, would be getting the best possibility in life and opportunities afforded to them because these things are tragic. And you people wake up every morning and every day thinking about these things, ducking from bullets, running from police. You're trying to get a job, but you got to worry about if you're in your car getting from point A to point B. The whole conversation about what you're wearing has absolutely nothing to do with how people who have had a white culture experience experience black people. It's not about our clothes. It's not about the ass hanging out. And if you see somebody with their ass hanging out, there's already some there's signals that happen in your mind. You already know what kind of demographic, psychological demographic, educational. There's a, there's a profile that you've already started to spin through in your own head. About a person, if you walk up to them with their butt hanging out, you know that. If you see them and they're being this type of person, because we have compartments in our society. You didn't see the video with Wendy. I didn't. I don't watch Wendy Williams. Um, and if it's out there, I haven't. You know, I don't. You know, Wendy Williams is not my particular. Um, I'm not checking for her brand. <coughs> so. Yeah, leave it at that. <laughs> you know, uh, it's not about shade. It's about right. it doesn't fortify me. Yeah. So I only I only deal with things that are fortifying to me. I wanted to do a quick excerpt because we're going to be starting the book of the new Jim Crow guys. Michelle Alexander. <laughs> Segways. So the Sound Bites Book Club, which we discussed about a month ago. Wow, time be flying, right? Um, wow, yeah, fun. we was yeah we were talking about having fun, right? We we were talking about last week, you know, starting uh, having this book club, this reflection on um, various books, and we want to start off with the new Jim Crow by Michelle Alexander, an examination of the the you know prison industrial complex, um, and how that looks in the face of uh, people of color, which is the major. Yes, residents. Sean, you said I need to get that. Yes, yes you get do. That. Yes, you do. We have it two is copies. like it's not dinner table reading. And I'm just going to read the quick excerpt to you really quickly about the purpose of this book. Just so that you guys get the whole round, round table experience. Right. Michelle Alexander reads, this book is not for everyone. I have a specific audience in mind. People who care deeply about race, about racial justice, but who? for any number of reasons, do not yet appreciate the magnitude of the crisis faced by communities of color. As a result of mass incarceration, in other words, I am writing this book for people like me, the person I was 10 years ago. I am also writing to writing it for an, uh, another audience, those who have been struggling to persuade their friends, neighbors, relatives, teachers, co-workers, and political representatives that something is eerily familiar about the way our criminal justice system operates. 
Something that looks and feels a lot like an era we supposedly left behind, but have lacked the facts and data to back up their claims. It is my hope and prayer that this book empowers you and allows you to speak your truth with greater conviction, credibility, and courage. Last, but finally, not least, I am writing this book for all those trapped within America's latest caste system. Mm. You may be locked up, or locked out of our mainstream society, but you are not forgotten. Ashe. Ashe. So that is Michelle Alexander, mass incarceration in the era era of color blindness, which I can't stand. Color blindness. Because because in the in the in the act of in, in in the act of making yourself blind to color, you're making yourself blind to what comes as a result. How people of different colors are being subjected. And yeah, we may not be quote unquote colors, but understanding the the history that goes behind what Black people deal with, even what, what Latino people deal with, Asian people deal with, you know, East Indian people, all these different peoples, white people, we all deal with these different things. So to just throw us in a lump of gray. And not acknowledge what's going on in each of these cultural experiences, it 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 does a disservice to humanity. It does a disservice to growth. I wouldn't you know? talk sound bites, Wendy Williams. I don't know what you're saying, Doris. What are you talking about? What happened? She's, you know, she said she's talking about Wendy, her cousin. She's, she's sharing the video, so she was. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Thank you, Wendy. Right. Thank you, Doris. Sorry about that. Yeah. So. Yeah, for those of you on the podcast, we're um, yes. we're on Facebook Live as well, so we we sharing and chatting with our okay. people. Um, but yeah, like you know, Excuse color blindness does this whole idea, the concept of color blindness does a huge disservice to the growth of humanity and a progressive conversation, which we which we're talking about just now. It's like if we're if we're going to have a successful discourse about how Moving we can forward. push forward, exactly how we can push forward. This words are right out of my mouth, like. We not we need to address what these things are. Yeah. I don't see color does not work. Yeah, that means I don't see you. That means I don't see your plight. That means, that means I'm not, I don't exactly. see. I'm not concerned and connected exactly. to what ails you, what makes you happy, what what is concerning you or your or your 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 family, anyone that looks like you and feels like you and thinks like you because of a certain cultural or environmental aspect that defines who you've been at, at, up to now. What the okay so. I've explained that to people who have had a white cultural experience that the whole I don't see cultural thing, a color thing doesn't work for me. However, I understood the premise of it, mm-hmm. right? But I you also it, am but clear about being the difference that's different. And I'm clear with the critical thinking piece around some of the things that we uh, we accept. You know, um, uh, Don Pedro Ruiz, our, uh, oh gosh, our four agreements, the things that we agree to. We agree to some of these things, and it's not going to be okay for you to tell me you don't see color, although I understand your premise. But I need you to see color because I need you to be a party to the solutions. And in order for you to be a party to the solutions, I need you to accept, see, accept, and and analyze, and then find value in how you can support the things in the world being different that would support me and the people that look like me and the injustice that we didn't record, that we didn't, that we didn't do anything to get these things. Like they just were given to us and they're not good. Right. So I need you to see color because yeah, I this, need you to be a part of the, the solution. Yeah, it's like two to me. It's like two sides of the whole color blindness coin because it's either it's either color blindness is like your um, is other is, color blindness is like you're uh, taking far steps ahead or just get rid of it altogether because like it, it doesn't serve people to like not be concerned with 
other you know other cultures because we're gonna have them like I, I i don't personally foresee in the near future this thing where we're just gonna mesh together and always be the same people working around because then that's robotic and then where's the uniqueness and individuality and humanity in that so it's like you know do away with it i'd rather just do away with it people away certainly with don't see color when they get the privilege they do. okay sean <laughs> Listen. Yeah, well, I got black people around here talking about they working. don't see color, so, but hold on. Color works when it's convenient. I got black people running around here talking about they don't see color. Okay, when I'm going to pop them all day when long. When they see green, that's sh- that show enough work. Okay, I don't see color. Excuse me? Okay, you see this? I see you with a different hue. Let's stuff? not get twisted with the phenotype. Yes, right. I do see your context. And aside from that, we'll have far, we'll have more conversations about color. Um, because that's just colorism. what the conversation we be having colorism that's just what we talk about that's the stuff we talk about you know anything that's right. impeding uh, synergy and harmony and connection is, is going to be discussed here on the sound bites live right. face it face right. it this is we're, we're that middle <laughs> with that middle step of the conversation to where you get to the idea of color blindness it's like okay before you get there let's have this conversation right quick yeah but we'll also discuss we'll discuss um what do you call it uh the color con the color colorism um, and we'll also have an opportunity to discuss. Um, close. Yeah, I'm right. All in, all, all in, in your face. face. <laughs> all up in your face. <laughs> Trying to help, um, supporting the people with uh, the narrative around the essence, the essential energy around creating a, a shift in the space. Yeah. And it's going to be necessary to have a different conversation around these things. Blessings, so Doris. We'll, we'll have, we'll have. Thank you, Doris. I appreciate you. And we'll also have another conversation around. Um, Interracial relationships. We're gonna do that. We'll have the youth here. Um, yeah, we're gonna have we'll, some youth coming in. We'll have some youth over coming the coming, in. you know, weeks and so so forth. That really have a great perspective to offer um, yeah. in this day in this new era of thinking. And the idea of the Generation Z, you know, coming off the cusp of millennials and all that situation because they have a perspective too. And you'd be very surprised just to go back really quick to the whole my whole you know Bridges experience. You know, the young girl that was like shout out to her. They was like what maybe 12, 13? They were she so was talking cute. about some fungi, lafayette. Yeah, she did. Jump and she in was like all up in there. I was like, come on now. I said, what does it mean? Get she it. Said, I said, it's welcome. She's like, oh Listen, yeah, I remember. Yes, she knew. The youth are not lost on what's going on if you if you create the space for them for to them. understand and grow. It's like we can't say that it's the, the whole it's Bridges that gap my whole bridges bridging the gap mm-hmm. uh of the, of the elder to the youth yep. of n- of not having the elder be like oh the youth are crazy and, uh, and the youth being like oh the elders are crazy come in a common pathway to that conversation yeah but it also not- it also needs to be a conversation with like i said the people that are leading the space need to be clear themselves. Yeah. Because they're teaching the youth that to too. assimilate. Because there's other people that are not they want fully clear. Exactly. They're black people talking about they don't see color, which I have a problem with. See color, stop playing. See color, get your mind right, get grounded, you get know, your Sean. rhetoric, create your perspective, and then you know t- turn up your, your, your spiritual frequency so that you can infuse our youth in a way that's going to be fortifying to them. Yeah. And, and teaching them to assimilate is not helpful. <sighs> The only time Bruce Lee used assimilation, which is when he dressed up in a costume to make his way into a space, was only so that he could gain access. He dressed up like a like a uh, electrician so that he could gain access to the building. Get into the the, the villain's lair. That's the only reason why. <laughs> Shout Other Bruce than Lee that, <laughs> nobody needs to assimilate. Right. You need to be fully in your cultural experience, and then you need to share those goodies. Share them. Like, share all the goodies from your cultural experience so that you can help to add to the pot, the jambalaya, and we'll all have a nicely cooked soup. Yum. Yum. I love soup. Okay. So, 
Yeah, 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 definitely shout out Sean and DJ about to spank some Appreciate things down. You. So, so like I said, you know, with, with, with every with every show when we have DJ Zilo Ray in the building, you always got to close it out Yo. with some high vibes. Like I said, raise the conscious, raise the vibes, and it's always in in the groove. So yeah. DJ Zilo Ray is about to knock it down for us uh, to close out the show. Stay with us, okay. listen to the vibes. Oh, one, one more thing, what's up? And uh, Sound Bites also is still supporting Sweets to Soars. Yes, Sweets to Soar. Sierra Leone. Yes, Sweets so. to Soar. Single servings, seven dollars. Middle servings. Uh, 25, not, 25 large 45. 45 these are all fundraising efforts to support Sierra Leone Arts Council sweets at yes. gmail.com sweets, sweets number two soar at gmail.com to book your orders you will be supporting the growth and, and the fortification and the release of trauma for those in Sierra Leone um, because you know if we affect one place we affect us all so let's help next week Doris at two o'clock I'm gonna send you a request to come on come on Doris come on Doris <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate you for bringing in, coming right. in, and joining the conversation today. Share it with yeah. friends. One love, we y'all. Appreciate you. One love. This is Sound Bites Radio. Um, we're, we're rocking out with DJ Zelo Ray, y'all. Join us next week, two to four, on WVM Radio, WVMR. One love, y'all. Rock out. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at CeeLo Ray, spelled X-I-L-O-R-E-Y. Let's get it. It's coming. Boom. Come on, Charlie. Come on, Charlie. And get that book, The New Jim Crow. We start next week with our book club segment. Holla at your peoples.
kiss you when I'm gone. So I'm gonna love you now, like it's all I have. I know it'll kill me when it's over. I don't wanna think about it. I want you to love me now. I don't know who's gonna kiss you when I'm gone. So I'm gonna love you now, like it's all I have. I know it'll kill me when it's over. I don't wanna think about it. I want you to love me now. I don't know who's gonna kiss you when I'm gone. So I'm gonna love you now. 